Welcome to the Manifest Podcast. My name is Sarah Prout. I'm a best-selling author, creative entrepreneur, and manifestation expert. Over the last decade, I've inspired millions upon millions of people all over the world on topics such as emotional empowerment, intuitive wisdom, and heart-based healing. Each week, I'm going to be delivering you a brand new dose of inspiration to help you to attract and manifest anything and everything that your heart desires. So are you ready to manifest the life of your dreams? Let's get started. Hello there and welcome to today's episode of The Manifest podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today because this episode is one that is really the culmination of many years of not only research, but therapy and tried and tested methods. And I've written a lot about this in my latest book called Be the Love, Seven Ways to Unlock Your Heart and Manifest Happiness. Now, what I'm looking for right now is any one of you out there that are looking to be part of something, that you're wanting to join a movement that not only facilitates your own healing path, but pays that energy forward to inspire others to do the same thing. So if this sounds like something that you are interested in, the doors are only open for a very limited time, go to sarahprout.com slash launch team. That is sarahprout.com slash launch team. There's a direct link in the description of this podcast episode, but I would love for you to join me. And not only that, when you join, you will be going into the draw to win one of 500 early bird copies of Be The Love that I've just been informed are ready to to go, to be sent out. So you've got to be quick with this one. As soon as you hear this episode, as long as it is, I think, prior to May, I know we're still in April at the time that I'm recording this, then you will be in the chance. And if not, then everyone will still receive a digital sample of Be The Love. So you can get access to this material before everybody else does, before it hits the shelves around book retailers all over the world. So it's an exciting time, that's for sure. And what I know is that being the love is a practice that we commit to. Being the love isn't an easy path. And usually we get to the realization of needing to be the love when we have traveled some trials and tribulations, right? <laughs> I'm sure many of you out there can relate to to um, dysfunction or fighting or disagreements, or maybe your life is just perfect and you never, ever enter into a disagreement with another human being. This to me means that you have learned all of the tools necessary to navigate a conscious lifestyle. Now, keep in mind, we're never going to get it right all the time. The universe throws us these experiences so that we can do exactly that. Experience the magic of being human. Experience the manifestation journey. So I'm going to be diving into this a lot today. It is going to be a fun and in-depth episode that you are not going to want to miss. So just a few messages first and then let's dive in. Okay, so the topic and the theme of today's episode is this, how to stop fighting with your spouse. 
Now, this is a really valuable episode to listen to, whether you are currently in a relationship or whether you have the intention to be in a relationship. This one will be some solid spiritual strategies. Actually, they're more like a a hybrid of spiritual strategies and very practical strategies to make sure that you break the cycle of dysfunction. And what I mean by that is you probably know by now if you have ever been in a relationship with somebody or you have been part of a family or you've been in um, an office culture of any kind or you've worked with other people that disagreements happen. This is what happens to us as human beings. We have conflicting opinions. We have uh, different perspectives on things. My mentor, Scott DeMolin, who taught me everything that I know about public speaking and about conveying a clear message, told me once that every upset is a rules upset, meaning that when someone gets upset, (laughs) you have overstepped a boundary. The boundary lines have been crossed and whether we acknowledge it consciously or not, even subconsciously, we have boundaries. We have a deep line in the sand that when somebody ruffles our feathers or rattles our cage, that we get internally triggered. This happens to anyone and this happens in sometimes the most unlikely ways, even to those of you out there that are like, I'm so calm. I never have any problems with anyone. I'm really chilled back and relaxed and passive or a people pleaser, right? It, it has such a full spectrum. But what I'm sharing with you today is specifically how to stop fighting. So like I said, if you are in a relationship that's not going so well, or sometimes you're in a, a, you're in a great relationship, but sometimes you fight, or if you are single, this is really for any human being that may find themselves in a situation or conflict. Um, so these principles really do work like a charm, actually, in your times of need. Because here's the thing, in the manifestation, self-help, personal development space, so many people talk about like the happy, happy, joy, joy elements of a manifestation journey. But the dynamics of change, when we are setting powerful intentions and our life is beginning to change around us, sometimes that disrupts the energy patterns within a relationship. And I've learned this the hard way over the years, and I've written about it in my latest book, Be the Love, of how going through 10 years of domestic violence really trained me how to be very violent and combative in a situation of disagreement, which is something that I'm definitely not proud of. And growing up uh, in my household, my parents would fight a lot. They would fight about money. They would fight about not having enough money or what to do with the money. Um, there was just a lot of a lot of conflict, especially in my later teenage years, which is why I believe I left the nest so early to be in a complicated relationship. Um, so just know that when you are fighting, when you find yourself in a disagreement where you are butting heads with another person, it's not fun. It's, it's not fun. But there are things that you can do. So many people forget when they've been triggered, when that bull is out of the gate. There are a lot of euphemisms for being angry. Uh, it's really important to remember to have a strategy underneath this. And it takes practice. This is the be the love philosophy to feel, heal and reveal. So let's just say somebody offended you, right? 
somebody said something that goes against uh, something that you're sensitive about, or maybe they didn't even intentionally say something to hurt you, but it just triggered you internally anyway. You have a choice how to respond. And for me, for most of my life, when I have felt that way, I have lashed out with my scorpionic tail, right? And that's not the way to do it. And I really want to give credit here to my mentors and dearest friends, Scott DeMolin and Dallas Brisbane. They have seen the best of us and they have seen the worst of us. And these are, there's a few here. There's a couple here. The first one in particular is one that I credit to them, but the rest are really from me trying on their methods and making them my own and adopting them. So there's a few here that are specifically what I know for sure is the best way to stop fighting with your spouse because I have successfully stopped fighting with my spouse or when we do have a disagreement, I know how to consciously dismantle it so that I don't become explosive, right? This is about emotional responsibility. This has taken decades to master. And I don't say that lightly. I say this as a journey that has been completed and still has layers to it. And the universe still shows up with things to test me, but it's always my choice how I respond. So the first thing that was shared with me by my mentors is to build a bridge of communication by getting curious. So when you've been triggered, you could question the intention because here's the thing, examine and trust the intention of your spouse. Don't just believe that they're out to hurt you, right? So often those of us that have been raised in volatile, dysfunctional or traumatic environments believe that our loved ones are going to hurt us in some way. And that may not be true. It may be true, which would be unfortunate, but examine the intention and get curious because if you are in a relationship with another human being, the mutual support system must be in place, meaning that you both understand that your core primary role is to take care of one another. It's not to create disharmony. And quite often we we attract the partners that help us to heal the most. Uh, So number two here is learning how to fight fair. And this means not getting defensive or going into attack mode. The writer Byron Katie, who talks a lot about something she created called The Work, says that getting defensive is the first act of war. So let's just say someone didn't behave in the way that you expected them to. And you're like, oh, I'm my guard is up. The walls are up. The boundaries have been crossed. It's it's on like Donkey Kong. right? And that's not the way to do it. So when you feel hurt, it doesn't give you permission to lash out and retaliate. It just doesn't. An eye for an eye leaves everyone blind. Uh, I remember many years ago with my first husband, he was taught growing up that if someone hits you, you hit him back, <laughs> which, oh my goodness, that's not the way that I tend to do things now, right? But I was very much in there. Well, if you're going to say something that upset, upsets me, I'm going to, I'm going to embody one-upmanship, right? I'm going to, I'm just going to be mean and nasty. And that is not the way that you behave because it doesn't help to build that bridge of communication. So number three here is the most powerful piece of realization that I've come to by myself. And I write a lot about this 
in Be The Love. And that is this. It's releasing the need to make everything okay in the moment. So if you've had an argument with your spouse, with your husband, with your wife, with your partner, with your beloved, you do not need to make everything okay. It's okay to go to bed angry despite what we've been told, right? (laughs) I've always been of that opinion that you shouldn't go to bed angry. And that's right. But you should also manage your internal state. You should always manage your internal state and give space when space is requested. So for me, and I write about this in graphic detail in Be the Love, there was one day that, one night actually, that Sean and I had a really bad argument. And my need to make everything okay and talk it out and express our feelings rather than giving him space was actually killing our relationship. And I really, I say this with all seriousness, that I needed to learn how to give him space rather than trying to control the situation and the outcome and having him close by. Because what's the worst thing that can happen if he goes off and has a little bit of space? And this was a childhood wound because my parents used to do worst case scenarios all the time and hurl insults at each other. And God bless them. I love my parents. But they they taught me how to fight. And I went through that in my first marriage where it was also extreme that If things didn't get sorted out, then I knew that they could escalate to violence. And so with Sean and my marriage, and I've been married for, uh, it'll be nine years in September to Sean, and we've had to learn how to fight fairly. We've had to learn how to build that communication bridge and not try and change each other's emotional states because that's where you get into the realms of codependency. And now I just want to specify here, I am not a psychologist. I am not a formally trained trauma specialist. This is just my opinion and my perspective. If you find it helpful, that's great. If not, leave the rest. (laughs) Um, So being okay with going to bed angry So learning how to manage your own state internally. So this is for the people pleasers out there and the perfectionists, which include myself, that if I have an argument and Sean goes out of the house, my worst case scenario is thinking, oh my God, what if that's the last time I ever talk to him? And this happened because my dad had a fight with his mother over a lamp. (laughs) I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling you this story. This is, I I don't truly know for sure what happened, but it was a disagreement and they didn't talk for a couple of weeks. And then my dad got the phone call that his mother had died suddenly and she was only in her fifties. She had an asthma attack and she died on a golf course. She was taken way too soon, way too soon. And so that story stuck in my mind that, okay, Sarah, because this happened when I was, my, my grandmother Uh, died suddenly when I was five years old. And remember, our beliefs are shaped between the ages of zero to seven. And I think I'm just working this out right now as I'm recording this podcast. So bear with me if there's a few pauses because it's really landing in a new way. And this is why I do this. This is why I teach, by the way, because you teach what you need to learn sometimes. And, And these pieces of awareness drop through in these transmission moments, which is delicious in so many ways. So for me, my dad telling that story led to don't go to bed angry or you have to with a sense of urgency, otherwise trauma is created. Tie up all those loose ends before you say goodbye to somebody. However, when we trust the universe, when we trust that we're safe and we're loved and whatever is meant to manifest will manifest, then that dissipates the need to control. We must 
relinquish the need to control the outcome because your partner is entitled to have their emotions, their spaciousness, their their personal space to be able to process what's happened, to be able to think of the the blow-by-blow argument of how it happened, who's right, who's wrong, and to then chill out a little bit and cool their jets. I know for Sean, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me speaking on his behalf, that space is what is needed. It is the remedy for us to then come back together. And usually, 98% of the time, and we hardly argue anymore, it's amazing, (laughs) whereas we used to argue almost daily. And I think, especially during those first few years of marriage, when you're working with somebody and you are uh, working so closely together, one-on-one, and raising kids and you're in a blended family dynamic and dealing with all that kind of stuff. It can be rough. It can be really rough, especially when life throws you all of these new invitations of uncertainty. It can be tough. And so sometimes we transfer our anger onto other people. We are reflecting or deflecting. And so this is where we own the shadow sides of ourselves and we show up with a sense of self-compassion to give ourselves space to love and nurture ourselves in those moments and release the need to make everything okay in the moment because the spaciousness and being okay with what is is what will bring you back together and this is something that I learned many years ago from my very first spiritual teacher and I know this is a lot <laughs> there's so many so many points here to cover but learning how to say sorry from a space of humility rather than the you know flippant sorry not sorry <laughs> kind of culture and dynamic that we have been indoctrinated into by social media of be so unapologetic which is fine right but in the sanctity of a relationship there needs to be a certain level of maturity brought to that situation where you are saying sorry i'm sorry i upset you whether you're right, whether you're wrong, whether they're right or wrong, be sorry that you upset them because that shows how to lead with love, how to be the love, feel, heal and reveal. Allow yourself those feelings and also allow the space for compassion of the other human being because ultimately when we're fighting with somebody else, we're just scrambling to make ourselves feel better in that moment. Uh, Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body in the power of now that there's something sometimes within us that needs to explode or uh, lash out at somebody else, which isn't healthy. There are appropriate channels to do that. That is why (laughs) those rage rooms, have you ever heard of those where people, I think there's, when I lived in Vegas, I remember seeing ads for them where you can uh, rent out this space and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can smash and you put on safety gear and you go to town and, and, create an outlet for your rage and your anger and that can create stress if you're not familiar with that kind of thing and there's healthy ways of being as soon as you are being violent with your communication then game over right you create contamination for your relationship and it's a choice point you can either contribute to your relationship or you can contaminate it and sometimes there are things that are said in the heat of the moment which can't be taken back because they imprint themselves as a story and then you may have I I laugh because I'm having all of these memories come to me of when I would almost catalog 
fights in my mind, and I still have them there, that I could refer to and hurl as weaponry, right? You weaponize the the poisonous words that you know will uh, hit the target, that will detonate the bombs, that will hook the other person in. You know what these hooks are. (laughs) We are proficient in knowing the pain points in and and just I just hear me when I say that I know that I'm speaking generally right now and this may not be everyone. This is my experience and from what I've seen from my clients and students around the world and some of the struggles that they have shared with me in a very broad sense of observation. I just want to be very clear about that. That the toxic dynamic when you feel hurt. And and the other thing to to refer to is movies, TV shows, how they fight in TV shows is not how somebody should fight fairly, right? I've been watching Ozark, which has been an incredible series to witness. Now, I'm not going to give any spoilers away, but there are two characters, Marty and Wendy, and they're married, and they are uh, proficient at toxic communication. There is no other way around it. They need to read the book Violent Non-Vi- Nonviolent Communication, NVC. You should look that up if you have not already. That to me was a game changer in realizing that the way that I was perceiving the way that Sean was addressing me or talking to me was actually not what he intended. So when voices are raised, you can always just step away. For me and for Sean, we have a policy that there is no excuse for abuse. That there is no need to raise your voice at somebody else. There's also no need of being patronizing and say, dude, you raise your voice at me, (laughs) which I've also been proficient in over the last couple of years. But this is a negotiating space where you are fighting the good fight for the, the success of your relationship because it's really easy to get pulled in and become a statistic of divorce or Uh, relationship breakdown, whether it is in a business partnership or whether it is in uh, friendship, for example, you can have fights with friends, but you also need to fight fairly rather than just being mortally wounded if they say something that you don't agree with. You have the choice not to take it personally. Another great book is The Four Agreements. Four Agreements is a really great book when it comes to interpersonal relationships. And so this brings me to the question that another point that my mentors shared with me, which is this, would you rather be right or would you rather be in love? Now, (laughs) I joke about this, but I say that I would, I would like both, please. (laughs) I would like both. I would like to be right and I would like to be in love, but sometimes that's not possible. Now, my love for Sean is far greater than my need to feel right. My love for Sean is greater than my need to feel right. So ask yourself, are you contributing to your relationship by loving the other person or are you just wanting to be right? And it's like a contest where it's really in ego mode, where your ego is in the driver's seat and they're saying, you need to be right. You need to be right at all times. You need to be right. You need to win this. Now, your relationship, your relationship with any other human being is not a competition. There is no contest. Human to human, we are all unique, beautifully unique expressions of the divine flowing through us. And so 
when we get in that ring, <laughs> when we're like, okay, hooked in, I'm hooked in now, you have a choice how to respond. And you always have a choice to say, hey, let's shelf this right now, step away and let's talk about it consciously. And sometimes you have to step away consciously and then you try to talk about something and then it just doesn't happen. And then, and this is something that is incredibly powerful if you have the resources to do so. If you find yourself where you are not able to hear one another because it is like learning another language, the five love languages, right? Get a mediator, seek help, seek support, and not just from the space of wanting a therapist to validate that you're right and they're wrong. It's about finding the middle ground because, and this was another thing that one of my first meditation teachers taught me, that marriage, especially He said he would let the cat out of the bag. Cat is an acronym for compromise, acceptance, and tolerance. Compromise with your partner, with your friend, with the person you're in a disagreement with. Accept the reality of what is, that you can't change the other person. Accept that person. The only person that you need to fully accept is you and the people that are in your immediate vicinity, right? And then tolerance Don't think that you have to control everybody. Um, Tolerance. (laughs) I I remember (laughs) this is this is funny and a little bit personal. You know, like chewing sounds. I'm big anti fan. Is is that a thing? I'm not a fan of hearing chewing noises from spouses. I don't know why. I have no idea why. (laughs) But tolerance is required right? Because if I'm intolerant, then I am shaming the other person. I'm saying, hey, can you not eat that apple right now? So close to me, just wigs me out, (laughs) which is what I've said before. I said it yesterday, but I realize seeing that now and sensing as an empath, the drop in Sean's energy. I don't want that. I want to love him unconditionally. This is what we're here for. He is my partner, my best friend, I'm his biggest fan. He's my biggest fan. We're here in this together. And we have this role and responsibility to not only run a successful company together and to impact millions of lives around the world, but we also are raising children, tiny humans who are watching everything that we do. And they're taking it on board for their own stories, how they fight in relationships. I know this deal now. I've been around this. (laughs) I've, (laughs) I've been doing this now for a long time. And so bring it back to compassion for yourself. What do you want? And also, this is really important. If you are in an abusive dynamic, if you are in harm's way in any way, seek help. Do not hesitate to seek help. Just do a Google search or a DuckDuckGo search or wherever you get your information from. And remember that there is no shame in asking for help. I wish these were the words that somebody told me many, many years ago. I also wish that I, well, I have no regrets to be clear, but I also wish that I had found the path of peace to be the love a lot sooner. And the reason for that is because there has been a lot of unnecessary heartache and a lot of time lost. But is it lost if I'm now recording this podcast and it helps you save your relationship or a friend, you know, save their relationship and it stops their kids from seeing fighting because we want to protect our children from hearing fighting. I remember many years ago, I watched Dr. Phil. I love Dr. Phil or I loved Dr. Phil. I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't watched that in probably like 18 years. But I remember what he said after it, after I argued with my first husband, 
He said, when you fight in front of your children, you change who they are. When you fight in front of your children, you change who they are. And so if you do feel or sense a storm coming on, take it behind closed doors. Wait until they're in bed. And if you can't, then trust that they'll also be okay. And you can, you can help them to navigate consciously and lead with love, right? This isn't about creating shame. This is about creating consciousness. And so same theme of when you argue in front of your kids, you change who you are. I want to add to that by saying when you choose how you respond emotionally, you empower who you are. When you feel, when you heal, it then reveals to you a path forward. This is the be the love philosophy. Be the love you wish to feel. Be the love you believe you deserve. You're going to love this book, by the way. I can't wait to get it in your hands. If you would like to go and get yourself a copy, you can go to sarahprout.com slash be the love. I'm also giving you a completely free meditation album valued at $111 when you order your copy today. So make sure you go and do that. If you would like to learn more about my journey or more of these strategies, in terms of how we internalize our need for safety, control, or approval, which is a huge journey. But it's an integral part of the manifesting journey because if we don't feel worthy within, then it's really hard to attract what we want in our life experience. So I hope that was helpful for you today. I am sending you so much light and so much love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Please share it with your friends. That would mean the world to me. Okay, until next time. Happy manifesting. Bye for now.